1: Remember, Broncos country is not a geographic location. It's a state of being. So, hey, welcome in. It's the Mile High Huddle podcast, and I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, my fellow football priest, you know him, you love him, Zach Kelberman. Zach, you know, not much by way of news has transpired since last you and I were on the microphone together here, but the good news is. We're sitting here on a Sunday night. The Denver Broncos are kicking off the third phase, phase three of the offseason program with organized team activities. I know people get it confused. They're like, wait, hasn't everything, you know, isn't everything in the offseason organized team uh, activities? But technically, by the letter of the law with the NFL, no. But what this represents, Zach, and this is what gets me excited, is first opportunity for the rookies and the veterans to kind of cross streams and intermingle. So I'm stoked. What are, you, what are you looking for? What are you most anticipating seeing this week or hearing?
2: I want to echo one of your observations. I think it was on Twitter about Drew Sanders, where you said hopefully he can carry over what he did in rookie minicamp into OTAs and uh, keep that momentum going when he's playing next to vets, when he's playing next to Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton and not you know insert six-string linebacker here. I'm excited to see the entire team come together. The rookie minicamp was the first set of practices under Sean Payton, and it's felt like a hell of a long offseason to get to that point. I'm just happy that football is moving along and uh, the Broncos are in the building.
1: Yes, indeed. We are there. David McElrath jumping in early with the Super Chat. Really appreciate that, David. And uh, if what you said is true and you're going to be carpooling, you know, driving, bringing along Gary palmer to the meet and greet this fall man we're excited get to hang out with you it's going to be dope thank you for the super chat saying good evening to everybody mhh for life buckham with a b times three denver broncos for life very very cool thank you david much love uh shout out to Opethian who officially got the first uh non-staff comment in the chat tonight so good to see you uh michael in the house kevin gray jason o'neill ed keating but look at this. We have a very generous off wow. the top rope super chat from I'm going to be honest. And I don't say this to hurt your feelings, my dog, because already I love you a newer name. I don't recognize this handle anyway. So welcome. welcome. Thank you. Love you, dude. Uh, a lot of times people come in with a super chat and sometimes it's they change their handles, Zach, and it's someone we maybe know. Yeah. Other times it's someone who's been listening a lot and all of a sudden out of the blue, they decide, no, I'm going to throw down. And maybe that's what this is, but Mr. Roosh 5 Top Rope Super Chat. Welcome. Thank you. Connect with us on Twitter. He says, almost never catch a live due to being in L.A. and crazy schedules. Here's for the last three years of free podcast listening. Always watch and like uh, what you guys do. Best podcast with all the shows. This and uh, Broncos for Breakfast, I think is what he's saying, are my faves. Thanks, MHH for Life. So cool, dude. Really appreciate that. Really appreciate that. Uh, Los Angeles. See, Zach, it's true. Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. A lot of Broncos fans in Southern California.
2: Yeah, definitely not required, Mr. Roush, but always appreciated. That goes a long way. And um, just interacting. I've said it so many times, but it's the truth. I mean, the best thing you guys can do is interact with us and talk Broncos with us. Anything more than that, just the gravy on top. So thank you. Welcome if you're new here. And uh, let us know if you have another comment or question about the Broncos. Michael
1: Ronquillo, what's up, big dog? In the house every single night. In the house pretty much every morning as well. So It's great to see you, big dog. Thank you for all that you do. Looking forward to seeing some of your takes tonight. Um, Appreciate you, big dog. So, Zach, I got to tell you, one of the things I am uh, looking forward to – whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got to pump the brakes for a second. I'm seeing some activity. Social – SoCal Johnson, pardon me, 84, saying, hey, I'm in L.A. too. Dope. Love it. L.A. I lived down there for a very brief stretch of time, actual L.A., Hollywood actually. Uh, And then as a kid, I lived in the Inland Empire. I lived just outside. Well, I lived basically in San Bernardino. I lived in Riverside, but it's easy. Most people, I say, oh, Riverside, they don't know what I'm talking about. They're not from California. And then I say San Bernardino. They go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, really cool to see. It's a small, small football world. So much love and respect. Um, The Duchess. Yo, what is up, Michaela? Top roping it as well as she is uh, want to do. Love you so much. She says, I don't know what to expect from OTAs. I just want solid play and improvements. Denver Broncos, forever, she's saying. Zach, I want to riff off this, but just your thoughts from McKay.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not taking, in terms of expectations, I, I wouldn't put too much in those buckets. These are training exercises where it's not even the install of the full defense and full offenses. It's just basic walkthroughs of plays it's it's shorts and shells it's nothing too serious so again it, it's more of a a nominal thing and more of a nostalgic thing in a sense seeing the team come together it's the first on grass workouts of the offseason the football season it's still a few months away so it's it's more excitement than anything but we have to hope the only thing that I'm worried about I'll knock wood right now no injuries every year yeah. Chad whether it's training camp OTAs a player seems to go down hopefully the under the new train, uh, strength and conditioning staff that won't happen I just like, you know, the fact that you're you're starting to mix the stream, so to
1: speak. The rookies yeah. had some fun; they got to be with the coaches and be together last weekend, a week ago, and now they get to intermingle with the veterans. And Drew Sanders, the uh, third round linebacker, who I had to remind myself of this, <clears throat> pardon me, as I was writing an article, a written version answering the question: Guys, go read it. Uh, is the uh, Drew Sanders hype? quote-unquote too much. I decided to do that as a written article, so when you get some time, check it out. But um, I had to remind myself, he's actually the highest-drafted Broncos linebacker since D.J. Williams, who was a first-round pick back in 2004. But there is an asterisk. He shares that title, highest-drafted linebacker since D.J. Williams, with Nate Irving. Most of you guys can remember 2011 third round pick so he was part of pardon me Irving was part of Elway's maiden class draft class uh here and there starter got hurt his last year and the Broncos let him walk he ended up playing one more year in Indy and then his career was over but so maybe Zach that's part of why the hype is there is is Broncos fans realize like hey man it's been a while since we really invested heavily into linebacker not to say that a 67th overall pick is a heavy investment but They're excited about him, and I think that excitement is warranted. So just like I've said on the pod before, Zach, and and as I wrote today, I don't think that there's too much hype on Drew Sanders. I think what hype there is right now, he's justified.
2: I got to be honest. I feel like Sean Payton wanted his Demario Davis in Denver, what he had in New Orleans, and that's just a a jack-of-all-trades inside linebacker that can play against the run, that can get after the quarterback, and who's not terrible in coverage. You know, Drew Sanders showed on the first day that he's pretty good in coverage and he can, uh, you know, also be a force against the run. So it's more of the team realizing where they've gone wrong the last few years. You can't have two of the same player start at two spots. And Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton are of the same guy. They're good at what they do, but they're very one dimensional. The Broncos haven't invested in that. And Broncos country knows that. We've all been pining for it for years now. That's why I feel like the hype is more fan generated, but it's it's a. It's in a good faith kind of way. It's not putting too much expectation on him, putting too much pressure on him. It's just the excitement of having a dynamic inside linebacker finally on the roster.
1: I think, too, uh, pardon me, Troy, good to see you, bro. Thank you so much for the very early super chat, and thank you for your patience, too, bro. While we got around to uh, uh, getting to it, he says here, hey, guys, I'll be watching from now until Raiders uh, for participation fewer injuries, please, just league average injuries alone would have given us, what, three or four more wins last year? Yeah, I mean, it was a who's who list of names that was on Broncos injured reserve. I don't know. I think uh, you get league average injuries last year, it was probably would have been good for like two more wins. That's probably about, I don't know, maybe more. You know, these are the type of uh, illusory is the word I'm looking for. Topics. They're they're not real. They're you know, it's like pixie dust. They don't exist. It's you have to go back into in time and hood woulda shoulda coulda. What would have happened this? What would have happened that. But that doesn't mean Zach, it's not fun to wonder what could have been if the Broncos weren't utterly snake bitten last year by the injury book.
2: Yeah, it's the butterfly effect. I mean, how much better would the Broncos offense have been if they didn't lose Javante, Tim Patrick, Garrett Bowles? Those are three quality starters right there. And if the Broncos offense was better, Uh, That would have probably led to direct victories and not the record they finished with last year. So, yeah, it's um, revision, not revisionist history, but it's in the past now. And we have to just hope that the uh, injury bug is staying far away.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: I feel good about it. I feel good about really every area that was lackluster for the Broncos last year, all those subpar categories. I feel very optimistic that they are no longer, pardon me, this frog in my throat, uh, going to be that with Sean Payton arriving. It's like today, you know, I'm writing about the depth chart for the Denver Broncos uh, quarterback position and a couple of new faces there with uh, us being on the doorstep of OTAs. And I go, look, you know Brett Ripon's gone, but the Broncos upgraded the quarterback room. Not only Zach by virtue of going out and throwing a two-year, ten million deal, at, uh, ten million dollar deal at Jarrett Stidham, and you know bringing in Gucci DeNucci to see what's what. But really, the main way that room got upgraded was by hiring Sean Payton, and then everything else flows from there.
2: Scott brings up a good point that they didn't necessarily get better at center, and that's the only nit that you can really pick. Otherwise, I I really agree with you wholeheartedly. But even in that respect, they didn't get worse at any spot. And you could say, you know, they're not getting better, they're getting worse, but they've added a little insurance to Cush and Barry. Who knows, maybe Zach Streif and Sean Payton can save Cush. Well, that remains to be seen, but they have improved markedly at every spot, like you mentioned, but most importantly, Chad, head coach.
1: It's the difference maker. That's the true tide that raises all ships. I mean, if we're being honest, Gary Palmer in the house. What's good, bro. Mentioned you at the top of the show and look, here he is. I know how to summon Gary into the house. This is, this is how it's done. Love you, big dog. He's saying good evening to everybody. Buckham, MHH for life. Love it, dude. Thank you, GLP. Your support as always, man, means the world to us. Thank you, Gary. David McElrath with a second super chat tonight saying, Chad, never eat frogs alive. It's a pro tip right there. I'm not, I'm got a frog in your throat. Oh, thank you. Okay. See, this is dude. Sometimes I am a little too pedantic. I'm like missing the forest for the trees. This is why Zach and I compliment each other. Yes. I'll do my best to remember that as Zach said, David pro tip. Thank you, big dog. Um, Okay, so let me just see here real quick. There was one from uh, from Keith Brugman I wanted to grab real quick. Good to see you tonight, big dog. Thank you for being with us. He's saying, hey, gents, what are your thoughts on rookie hazing? Is hazing a thing of the past, or is it a rite of passage? Well, Zach, the NFL has taken some steps to um, limit rookie hazing from a – I think really coming from a PR perspective, PR liability perspective, uh, I'm reminded of some of the stupid haircuts and stuff from the years past in Broncos camp, like Tim Tebow's Friar Tuck haircut when he was a rookie, (laughs) you know, the carrying of pads, you know, the veterans pads on and off the field and all that stuff. Honestly, I don't know that I would subject myself to it if I was a rookie, but that would depend if I was a first round pick or a second rounder. Third round or even, I probably not do that. Allow myself to be hazed in that way. You know, I don't know. It's it's kind of humiliating. I'm trying to remember Zach who the story was. It was a Bronco, a young Bronco. Was it last year or the year before? Who was asked about the pads thing? He said, "I'm not going to carry anybody's pads." Who was that? He's like, "I'm a grown ass man. I'm not going to be carrying anybody's pads." I'm trying to remember. Uh, I don't
2: think it was anyone too notable.
1: No, well. I think it was it Javante Williams. No, that would surprise me. I don't know. I'll have to uh, get the gears turning, but um, I, 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 there's not really any harm in it, but it can get a little, it can get out of hand. And I think the NFL for what it's worth, Keith has done what it can to make sure, you know, it doesn't get out of hand. So with that being said, just keep it, uh, Keep it about brotherhood. Keep it about friendliness. Keep it about, you know, bringing you into the family type thing. And I don't think you can go wrong.
2: I think you're right about that. Keep it to horseplay, and uh, no one would bat an eyelash. But in today's environment, you know, with the social media and the way the world is now, or the country is now, anyway, you can't get away with much. And you're right; the PR optics matter more than ever. So the teams will try to limit it, but you'd be a little naive to think that some sort of initiation isn't going on behind the scenes. As long as it doesn't become physical, or you know, injure physically, psychologically, emotionally, injure a player, then it's going to continue, I think, even behind the scenes. I, on some cursory research,
1: real quick, while you were talking, it's not, it's not jogging uh, who that might have been. I'm trying to remember. Something is telling me it was a guy that had a little bit of sand. You know what I mean? Like a guy that uh, had a little bit of pedigree, a little bit ca- a little bit of cachet uh, before he stepped onto the grass by virtue of his his you know draft stock or whatever. Sam Bam, what's up, bro? You're a great Bronco historian. Maybe you can remember this. Do you remember what rookie it was when asked whether he's going to be willing to carry pads for the veterans, etc., uh, etc., et in camp? He's like, I'm not going to be doing that. Do you remember? He's saying here, and thank you for the super. Hey, Chad and Zach, hope you all are doing well. Go Broncos. We're doing excellent because we've got superstars in the
2: house like you, Sam. So thank you, Big Dog. I see an article that we wrote uh, years ago about Jake Butt. Cracking a joke about carrying teammates pads. I don't think that's who you're talking about. though. No,
1: cause he was like good natured, willing to do it. Like I
2: don't
1: it know. sounds familiar. I just can't place it. The person either here nor there. Interesting question though. Um, yeah. So uh, a couple of the, of the storylines I'm curious to see unfold is, you know, today, for example, Zach, I'm writing up, not necessarily like a projected depth chart. Cause first of all, the Bronco's, they're not going to release a depth chart for a while. So this is like going off of like just what I think the depth chart is my best educated guess of what the depth chart is. And I had uh Jarrett Guarantano as QB three and Ben DiNucci as QB four by virtue of he's the newest guy into the fold, so to speak. Um, but I am curious to see QB one, Russ QB two, uh Stidham QB three. Who is it going to be like, who's going to be that third guy on the depth chart? we are not going to get probably any definitive answers to that necessarily this week, because again, it's, it's the first, uh, organized team activities phase three is just beginning. But, um, I gotta, I gotta wonder how much the fact that Ben DiNucci is kind of a Sean Payton picked guy and Guarantano is a holdover from the okay. failed Hackett regime, how much that affects the, uh, equation.
2: Listen, we're talking about quarterback three here. It's probably a practice squad guy in all actuality, and uh, you're not looking to find the next Tom Brady, if we're being honest. Um, I just happen to think, considering uh, Danucci's experience, at least with the Cowboys, it's something. He has something on film. And what he did in the XFL, if you follow uh, the team that he played for, a lot of their fans were impressed, didn't want him to leave, did I thought he would uh, get another chance in the NFL based on the, the body of his work in the XFL – I can't say anything about Jared Guarantano, chat because it, he doesn't have any body of work. And I feel like like what you said nailed it. If Sean Payton signs you, I think you have the leg up over someone who is here before him. Plus, Sean Payton uh, is razzing him publicly,
1: joking, you know, hey, if the NFL doesn't work out, you know, the Broncos basically own Walmart. You could probably get a job there as a, as a Walmart greeter or whatever. Like, that raz doesn't happen if he doesn't already have, you know, something there something there so and I'm they signed after
2: six by the way what is that has to go right. a little ways
1: right sam bro uh we got sam it's, love you big dog good to see you uh, again um okay let me see here by the way albert knoppers in the house what's up albert the uh mile high duchy. great to see you give our best to michelle uh also we got here phil mclaughlin down in tucson Love you, big dog, saying good evening. So pro football focus ranked Pat Sertan uh, the second best DB behind Gardner. I would have reversed them myself. Your thoughts, hashtag Buckham, hashtag MHH for life. Zach, I
2: know you've got an opinion on this. Players under
1: 25, by the way, is the qualification.
2: Another day, another opinion from PFF I don't agree with. It's It's one person's opinion who represents the company, and that's what it is. I mean, they're both good cornerbacks, but Sertan doesn't have to hold and commit blatant pass interference on almost every snap to succeed on that level, and I feel like Sertan plays a clean game. If you gave me a choice, I'm taking my Broncos hat off, not literally, but figuratively, I'm taking Patrick Sertan over Sauce Gardner. Both great corners, though.
1: You're onto something there. I think because of that, Pat Sertan as a player Is going to have a more lasting impact That's a name that's going to stick I think in the uh, You know as far as NFL profile Is concerned much more Consistently than Gardner because Of those same issues like Gardner's He's really good don't get me Wrong but sometimes he walks that line To a point where I could see him having Big big season and then Season of like no one's talking About him struggles whatever Big season you know this type of stuff uh, in the NFL, whereas Sertan, it was like, a, took two years and then boom, he's in the stratosphere. I don't see that changing, man. Just because he is so f- smart, he's got such a great football IQ and football constitution, and you pair that with his talent, dude, and his size. It's a tough combination. Uh, c- tough combination to beat.
2: There's a lot of. Um reliability in Patrick Sertan's game, but he doesn't have the name sauce, you know, like Scott said in the chat, he hasn't played for the jets. He doesn't have that media market. I feel like coming into the league Gardner was just like uh, a media favorite from day one. I don't remember that fanfare around Patrick Sertan and because the Broncos have been so forgettable on the field, unfortunately, even as good as Sertan is, he gets kind of lost in that shuffle. Where I'm from the sauce
1: meant like alcohol, like, Hey, Let's go down and get some sauce gas station. Let's go, you know, whatever. Good marinara. Sauce. See, Tony Soprano, they'd be like, no, dude, that's gravy. Call that the gravy. I don't know. Uh, F.A., yo, dude. So dope to have you you tonight. Love you, big dog. So generous. It's great to see you. He's saying, hey, guys, long time. Hope all is well. It is. Says, sorry, I've been MIA. Work has been super crazy. Hey, man, we understand it. We feel you. We're happy to get you when we can, and thank you for, you know, if you've been MIA, showing up and uh, announcing your uh, return with such aplomb. So much love and respect, F.A. You demand.
2: man. It's good to see you, F.A. Hopefully uh, work is treating you well despite being busy, and we always like love actually seeing you in the chat. So if you have any comments, questions, please feel free to let us know. Um, okay, so
1: a couple things, Zach, that are uh, – Slightly newsworthy is this article uh, I had earlier over the weekend, Kareem Jackson. And Apologies, guys, if my camera starts doing the delay thing, I'm just rolling the dice with it because I'm tired of not pulling up articles in real time and doing it from my phone. If it it delays a little bit, charge it to the game. Uh, But, Zach, it was interesting. He sat down with the – Kareem Jackson sat down with the Up and Adams podcast, K-Adams and talked about what the final catalyst was to uh, returning to Denver and also like did a massive, massive mile-high salute to Broncos fans. And this is what he said, quote, For me, I've grown to love Denver. It's a great city. The fans there are like no other. Just having the chance to play in mile-high on Sundays, the atmosphere is ridiculous. It kind of reminds me of a college atmosphere. The fans are great. Then he went on to say, Actually, I met with Sean Payton, had a chance to meet with him in person, and we talked about a lot of things. Obviously, we talked about the season, talked about what it would look like, Zach, with me coming back, and that kind of sealed the deal for me, and the rest is history. Close quote. So they slow-rolled it for a minute, uh, and now I'm back, and I see F.A. second Super Chat. They kept him on the back burner, had a face-to-face. Sean Payton, I can only assume, Zach. Painted a picture that was you're a starter, and Kareem pulled the trigger, and then we'll grab FA.
2: Hope that wasn't the case. I hope there was some understanding that Kareem has to take a back seat at some point to the younger talent, and that younger talent is Caden Stearns.
1: Could be right though, because he was talking also like earlier in that interview. Not to cut you off, but this is good context. He was asked if there was any interest with uh, from Houston to return to Houston. In other words, were the Texans interested in bringing him back? and he said no and as he was talking about it he was like i will, you know talked about the different safeties that are on the roster there and he's like you know i wouldn't mind being the number 3 basically and helping usher these guys along so it could be that that might be the role that that Sean Payton has in mind starter if we need you you know a big brother if we don't
2: he has he's a very intelligent guy. Say what you want about his on-field play. I really like the way he handles himself with the media. He has to see the writing on the wall with himself, though. He's getting up there in age, in his 30s now. He's not the same defensive back, corner, or safety that he was in years past. And he realizes he wasn't the Broncos' first priority. That's why he lingered on the open market for months and months and months. I like the leadership abilities he brings. I like that he points out correctly Broncos country as the best fan base in all of football. Um, but there needs to be some sort of understanding that the younger guys will get more playing time this season. Uh, F.A.,
1: sorry to keep you waiting on that second super chat, big dog. Thank you. Man, Thank so you, generous. A. Two top ropers saying, I plan on being at the meet and greet in October. Hell yeah, bro. Uh, also, Scott, if you're here, I will be in Atlanta in June. Hopefully we can meet up. Right on, dude. So rad, so rad. We look forward to that for sure, man. It's going to be It's gonna be so dope. Um, Keith. Number two, saying, hey, with NFL Europe now a thing of the distant past, in your opinion, is the USFL or the XFL a better developmental league? Which one of those? I don't know. It seems like the NFL has already kind of answered that in terms of the number of players that are getting shots in the league. And it seems to me that the XFL has a little bit more shine to it. But what do you think, Zach?
2: I think it's the same thing as the sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan situation. The XFL has gotten all the publicity, all the headlines, you know, they're co-owned by the rock. The USFL doesn't really have that. They don't have the same cachet they did, you know, years and years ago, but I feel like if you can play, you can play in no matter what league that comes from. If you can put it out there on the field, a team will come calling. Fortunately, the Broncos found a couple players from the XFL though.
1: Dude, by the way, really quick. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much uh where to go troy you brought it all back dude check this out zach this is gonna this is gonna be a blast from the from the past you're gonna love this dude guess who it was it was Devonte booker as written at 24 7 sports oh, by yours yes, truly let of me just course. remind you uh what he said uh you know, he was asked if you're going to do all that, you're going to carry pads. And he says, quote, my message to Broncos fans is I want to be one of the best running backs to come out of Denver. I'm not there to carry pads. I'm there to take someone's job. Devontae Booker, that was uh, 2016 uh, for, for what it's worth. So now I understand why I may be confused with Devontae, but that's going way back, man. That's going way back. Your first year on the beat, right?
2: Yeah, he was kind of an underrated Bronco, I feel like, too. Unceremoniously kicked to the curb, then he goes on uh, to play for the Giants and the Raiders before that, and then I think it was like the first revenge game or first year playing the Broncos, he ripped off some huge touchdown run. I was always kind of a fan of Devontae Booker, that comment notwithstanding.
1: Yeah, me too. Led the team in rushing as a rookie, and then from there he just wasn't able to really, I don't know, they, they quickly kind of churned past him. Was it 17? I'm trying to remember what they did in the draft. 17 off the top of my head. but It's the I Royce
2: Riemann year I think they moved on from him. They made him number 18
1: 2018. Which was exactly, exactly. All right, day from Georgia, bro. Great to see you, a bona fide Mount Rushmore Super Chat superstar, saying, hey, I really hope we're not going to sit the starters all preseason. That really hurt us to start the season Broncos country, MHH for life. Sean Payton already said that ain't happening. So to what degree the starters will play remains to be seen, but they will play they're going to participate cuz you got to sharpen that blade if you're going to war do you want a dull uh do you want a dull blade a dull weapon a dull sword that you know might still be able to do some damage but or do you want to be fully prepared make sure that bad boy's nice and honed right whetstone that bad boy that's what he's talking about
2: I still get a a laugh out of Sean Payton's response (laughs) a few months ago when asked about the preseason. I put in an article the other day, still made me laugh, when he goes, "Uh, yeah, we're going to play the starter because that's the preseason. And he looked almost like it didn't come across that way in person, but just in plain text, it was like offended that you would ask that question. You talked about Dell Knife, though. We call that a Nathaniel Hackett, and (laughs) we're going to have a very sharp sword this year with Sean Payton. Yeah,
1: brings to mind other things like not the sharpest tool in the shed. You know, far far, it. not the sharpest knife in the drawer, etc. Hashtag Nathaniel Hackett. Howie freaking day in the freaking house. What's good, bro? He's saying, Good evening, gentlemen. How confident are you guys with Vance Joseph getting the full potential out of this defense? I don't know that Zach and I are 100% in agreement on this. Not that we're all that far off, but you start first on this one, Zach.
2: Um I'd like to think the defense compared to the offense is more like set and forget. They have enough star talent on that side where even a coordinator like VJ can't really screw it up. That my concern is maximizing players on an individual basis. I mentioned this on Thursday's podcast. Um what VJ did in Arizona with uh, Isaiah Simmons is criminal. They kept him in one spot, never moved him around, never let him become that Micah Parsons that he could be. I worry about that with some of the players on this defense, including Baron Browning, who's shifted from year to year between inside and outside linebacker. I I like the fact that he's an attacking style coordinator. I feel like that'll be good for the Randy Gregories and the Brownings of the world. I just don't know if the defense can be a ten. Is he the one to get them to that point? Or are they only going to be a nine point five, for example? Yeah, I
1: I agree. Like in the sense of if you're expecting this to be Wade Phillips caliber, you're you're setting it to a little bit too high. What I'm encouraged by is. You know, yeah, he's gotten more experience with Arizona over the last whatever four years, but I'm really encouraged by if you guys can think back to his two years in Denver, Joe Woods was the defensive coordinator. There was running his scheme. Joe was calling it, and there were times, Zach, where he Joe Woods would just straight up get into a funk midstream, midgame. They'd go into halftime, come out, and Vance Joseph would call the defense the rest of that half, yeah. and all of a sudden it looked totally different. Guys were you know doing their jobs. Sausage was getting made, in other words. So he's a competent coordinator. And uh, I feel like, you know, they'll probably be pretty close to what they were last year in terms of, like, rankings and all that stuff. However, it's going to be hard to maintain that elite standing on third down uh, and in the red zone, which was one of the, uh, you know, the, it's where, it's where Azuro Everrow really was able to hang his hat. This is why the Duchess, one of the many reasons why, She is etched in stone, literally, like one of the first. I would say probably the second face. What first or second face? When I say second, I'm only talking about Zeus McPeak, who was the very first person to ever throw down a super chat on our show. Whatever it was, four or five years ago. I'm I've lost track of time on this. And Zeus. So I've always said first face etched right next to him, first one there, Michaela. Love you so much. You mean the world to us. She's saying mucho love to the entire MHH family, Chad, Zach, and Scott. And remember, our Mount Rushmore, it's the Rockies after all. It's its quite a lot. It's quite bigger than the uh, the real one, right, that only has room for four faces etched into that granite. So ours, as you guys saw at the end of last year, we revealed the, the uh, 2022 MHH Mount Rushmore. It leaves room for quite a few more names, but Michaela always right at the top.
2: That's yeah, exactly what Chad said. That's why you're you're the duchess and why I get on here every single night and say, thank you so much, Michaela. Um, she said that she got her new car, I believe in the chat. So hope you're, you know, congratulations on that. And we hope you're enjoying the your Honda CR-V, CRV. I believe say la
1: VCRV. Send it, send us a pic. Let's yeah, see let us know if you like it. DM DM us in the, uh, on Twitter or something. Let me see it. Congrats on that. That's dope. I'm, I'm thinking about it. Scott knows this. I'm, uh, I'm about ready for a new, a new ride. Uh, I have a truck that you got to have to, you know, do some of the stuff my family does. My wife does with hauling animals and different things we do, uh, or she does. We do. What am I saying here? But the car I drive every single day, I'm looking to upgrade that. I'm looking to, to shake things up. I've been in the same car. Zach, how long you been in the car you're in right now?
2: I'm actually car shopping right now. My lease is up in August, so Okay. I'm right there with you and Michaela. So
1: lease is up. So what was it? A 2-year? 3-year. Three 3-year? Three yeah. So I think mine was a 2019, brand new. Uh so I'm look I'm if you guys have suggestions, Scott gave me a couple of really good suggestions. So for what it's worth, put in, but I'm looking for I've got a big family. I got a lot of kids, okay? I go I live large. This is the way it is. But I need an SUV that can fit some kids and is dope. George, bro, love you. Great pod. He says, guys, thanks for uh, making the downtime interesting. Den Bronx for life, MHH for life. You guys make it interesting for us. That's the truth. So thank you, big dog. Uh, Brent P. Yo, man. Thank you, Brent. This is why we are seriously so blessed, so grateful. We're so lucky and we know this. Uh, Great to see you, Brent. You've come on strong big time this offseason. And it's been great to see you, man. Thank you so much. He's saying, evening, Chad, Zach, and Scott. I look forward to seeing how PS2 rubs off on rookies. Also, what are your thoughts on no overseas games? MHH for life. Uh, for those who are wondering what he's maybe talking about, Patrick Sertan revealed this week that his uh, one of his goals for year three is he wants to now kind of step into being more of a leader, more of a locker room leader. And Zach, it's going to be a lot easier for him to do that. It would have been easier for him to – relatively easy compared to maybe some young players to assert himself as that earlier in his career because of his bona fides as a decorated college guy at Alabama and then being a first round pick. But now that he is an all pro and a pro bowler, the team's lone pro bowler from last year, he's got some, not so much bragging rights because that's not really his style, but he's got a, he's got some cachet. And so when he talks people, these, these younger players, they're going to listen, they're going to rally. So I'm stoked on that. Uh, But what are your thoughts here for Brent?
2: I wonder though if Justin Simmons also talks to those rookies listen to him first because he has seniority. That's the there's a lot of star talent in that secondary alone where you know Sertan can find his place on the defense, but that's I think he lives in Simmons' shadow until proven otherwise, at least in terms of uh, NFL skins on the wall. But it, he's the type of player to lead by example as well, Chad. If he can continue being a first-team all-pro and shutting down opposing receivers on a week-to-week basis, if I was a cornerback that played for the Broncos, that's what would motivate me the most. I want to be like that guy. I want to be the next Deion Sanders. I want to be the next Champ Bailey because that's what PS2 is.
1: Uh, the second half of his question, though, about no overseas games, does that bother you? Because to me – I literally could not care less me either. So there's your answer, Brent. What about you though? Does that bug you? I mean, it's a great opportunity for, for the team. It's, it's like having an additional, um, you know, prime time type game, but it's a lot of rigmarole to get across the pond, man. You know, a lot of planning that has to go into effect long before they ever depart. And, you know, you've got that jet lag and all that stuff. But, uh, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with Broncos not partaking this year's act.
2: And a longer flight means more time for high knees, and I'm not trying to hear about that again, Chad. So anything that can take the national spotlight off of Denver, you know, they won in London against the Jaguars, but you never know it because Russell Wilson supposedly did high knees on the plane. So I'm good, with, I'm good on the no overseas game. I'm guessing
1: that if he does that this year, like they're flying somewhere back east or whatever, Buffalo. Uh, he starts doing the high knees, pays me. Be like, yo, Russ, sit your ass down, dude. We're trying to chill. Buck just, you. Buck, buck and sit <laughs> down. That's with a B, YouTube. Uh, F.A. Whoa, dude. Going off. <laughs> Thank you, F.A. Going off, dude. Thank you. Hats off. Hats off to you, my dog. Saying, can we start football season already? Thank goodness for the MHH community to keep the football talk coming. At least the Atlanta Braves are good. Hold me over till the season. Miss you guys, though. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, you know, if you're a, if you're a multi-sport fan that can help get you through the NFL off season once the draft is over. And you, you know, usually for us, Zach, it's just those six weeks leading up to training camp that are the hardest part to navigate. This year has been a little bit trickier and a little bit different. uh, And we've put our heads together trying to figure out exactly why that is, but all I can come up with is not you guys. Those of you who are in the chat right now, those of you who are listening every single day, whether it's here on YouTube and Facebook or le- after the fact on demand, you're here just like us From no matter where it is on the NFL calendar. But there is a certain segment of Broncos fans, and I I'll use my my dad as an example. Shout out, Pops, Mark Jensen. There is a, uh, I'll say probably half of Broncos fans, all right, fall into this same category where I wouldn't say they're surface fans. It's not like I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade on them, but they're the type of fans where – by and large, Zach, they follow the team when there's when the team is playing games, right? So, in other words, from September really until uh, January, they're engaged. And then in the off season, they'll read stuff that's relative to a free agent rumor or signing or NFL draft rumor or signing. Uh, and then they shut off till football starts again. The season, not camp, not OTAs. They don't care about any of that. Uh, people like that this time around. They didn't even read the blogs in the off season. Yeah. They're not even trying to, they don't care. They're, they've, it's a combination Zach of not having a first round pick for two years in a row. Uh, as far as losing some off season excitement in the greater Broncos country fan base. And then also seven years of what it's been last factor here. We've been told things are changing before we've right. been told that it's all different now before and in recent past. And so it's created this kind of milieu of, of apathy That has uh, been interesting to see, and I think it's made it a little bit harder, not harder, a little bit more challenging for Zach and I to come up with creative content that is going to resonate with those those fans, but we're here every single day thanks to you guys that are grinding with us every single day. Want to know what's up, want to talk about the issues,
2: we love that. It's not that I have nothing to say on this topic. It's the fact that you just said word for word better than I could about what the quote problem is. There's a lot of apathy, a lot of reserved excitement, you know, cautious optimism and rightfully so Broncos fans have touched the hot stove and gotten burned. They don't want to touch the stove again uh, and say, okay, well, you got Russell Wilson. That didn't work out last year. You got Sean Payton. You finally got a head coach. Wake me when the season starts. Wake me when things are different. I don't blame y'all if you feel that way, but in our community, chat with our listeners, and everyone listening to my voice right now, those are the hardcores. Those are the true Broncos fans.
1: It's like Billy Joe from Green Day wrote, wake me up when September begins. Right. All right, Troy, yo, number two tonight, much love and respect, big dog. Thank you so much. He says, if the offense does better, how do we evaluate the defense? Opponents not playing from ahead, settling for field goals and knowing they can win conservatively, I'm worried it will be oranges to apples. What do you think, Zach?
2: How would we evaluate the defense if the uh, offense is actually pulling their weight for once? Uh, It it does kind of mask it because it would, quote, make the defense's job easier, not have to play with uh, certain field position, play from behind, be on the field longer, which was a huge problem last year. But on an individual basis, we'll be able to tell, you know, very obviously who's struggling, who's succeeding, where VJ isn't using this guy correctly, where he is. So it'll become apparent what this team will look like. Though I feel, Chad, in the first maybe quarter of the season, they're going to try to find their bearings with a few different things.
1: Yeah, well said. You know, I'm I'm reminded of some of the defenses in previous Bronco Canon where the that were complementary to prolific offenses. Now you can go back to like the back-to-back world champs the 97 and 98 Broncos and think about what was the perception of that defense? How did how did that defense how how was its success measured? Well, they made sure they could rush the passer because you got to be able to protect those leads when you're putting points on the board consistently. That that era of the Broncos did it. You know, they had Big Alfred Williams, they had Neil Smith rushing the passer, and then you got to have cover guys that can handle those that additional, perhaps that volume of passes for teams trying to play a little bit of catch up. Because back then, I mean, 98 was different. 98, they were blowing teams out of the water, but like that era of Bronco football leading up to 98, which was the pinnacle, the Broncos weren't necessarily blowing teams out, but they were consistently putting points on the board, which is always putting pressure back on the other side, putting pressure on. And so, in many cases, you know, uh, as time marches on, they're thrown, trying to catch up, etc. Then you fast forward, Zach, to let's say even the 2005 Broncos under Jake Plummer, which was operating a similar offense, a similarly consistently productive uh, offense like the Elway uh, scheme under Shanahan. That defense, it was good, but where it lacked comparatively was it didn't have those ferocious pass rushers. They tried. They brought every top five uh, Cleveland Browns defensive end pass rusher of the days of yore they called them the Cleveland Browncoats for a reason to try and manufacture uh try and kick enough rocks over to hopefully find someone who could rush the passer it was never meant to be though so they had to rely on really good linebackers which back then they had right Ian Gold DJ Williams Al Wilson and killer cover guys like Champ Bailey and the list goes on last thing you think about the Peyton Manning era in Denver and I'm not going to count 2015 because that was a different different um different situation in terms of the offense it wasn't a juggernaut. The defense had to take center stage, but let's say 2012 Zach through 14 Broncos. Again, they just made sure that they had pass rushers that would be able to sack those quarterbacks, pressure those quarterbacks when that pressure was on them. And they were trying to pass to catch up and good cover corners. Once again, wasn't so much about the linebackers. Wasn't so much about uh, even deep, big defensive tackles that could stop the run. So I, I think in this case, to answer the questions very long-winded way, I apologize, but there it stacks up to where a lot of that stuff is gonna could transfer over if this offense does manage to become even as good as, say, like a 97 Broncos offense. But do they have the horses to get, get after the passer, this team? That's what I worry about. It could end up being more like the 2005 Broncos where they had some cover guys, they had really good linebackers, but they could not create pressure without throwing the house.
2: Well said. Uh, One thing to echo your point, I view this as kind of like a sliding scale. So in the last five to six years, the Broncos have fielded, for the most part, like a top five, defense let's say and but they fielded a bottom five offense as well so if you slide it a little more where if the offense becomes top 12 and the defense has to go to top eight or top nine top 10 I will live with that I don't care how they win I don't care how it looks when it's all said and done if they get those victories that is the bottom line that
1: it is Phil bro love you he says if Williams Javante cannot start Rank the RBs one, two, and three. Also, I'm looking for a new car. I have also looking for a new car. I have used Costco and AAA. Great way to get a car. Okay. I wouldn't have even thought of that. I'll keep that in mind, dude. Thank you, Phil. Good tip. Um, so rank give me the Den Broncos depth chart, Zach, without Javante Williams.
2: Well, it's Samaje P. Ryan and then a, a big gap, Tony Jones, who they picked up as a free agent, and then Insert name here. Whether it's uh, Jacques Patrick, who they just picked up, whether it's Tyler Beatty, whether it's uh, DeMarie Crockett, there is a young player that's waiting in the wings to step up and take hold of that number 3 job. We just don't know. It'll be one of that bunch, though. I don't feel the Broncos, Chad, are going to add any big names between now and training camp.
1: I don't either. I don't think they will. I'll take a stab at it, though. So putting Javante aside, I'll say P Ryan. I'm going to say... Tony Jones, I'm going to say Jacques Patrick, then I'm going to say Jalil McLaughlin. Good call. Now, right. we could continue going down the road with the three or four other backs that are technically on the 90-man roster, but don't sleep on Jalil McLaughlin. We had a story on him uh, on MHH over the weekend, too. You guys should go read, but um, that would probably be... I think the sleeper in this bunch, I guess you could throw it a t- as a toss-up here, is uh, Jacques Patrick, that former XFL guy, big, massive guy that's kind of similar in size anyway to Samajé Pirine, or the rookie, uh, Jaleel McLaughlin. Don't sleep on that kid, though. He's diminutive, but he's more than what you might call a scat back. Like, he's he's got some skills, man. Set records in college at Youngstown uh, State. I'm really intrigued by this kid.
2: That's a great shout. Yeah, I think the number three job in that situation – would come down to uh, jock patrick there's a reason they signed him chad they worked him out from the xfl good pass catcher uh, good runner built similarly to latavius murray as well it'll come down to him versus mclaughlin and you're right he can definitely crack the 53 when it's all said and done mike thank
1: you bro thank you for being with us tonight we always love the the uh support um not just stars i'm talking about here in the chat the support the things you say afterwards on twitter dude just so rad. We love and appreciate you, big dog. Um, but, guys, it is a good reminder. We're at 47 minutes. We do not have much time left, so anything burning on a topic on your mind, get it in the chat. F.A., yo, dude. What is this? Number four tonight? Off the chain. Bro. Thank you, F.A. He says, the MHH so community much. definitely makes my drive to and from work enjoyable, especially since Broncos HQ is Fort Knox all of a sudden. Nothing in, nothing out, which I love, though. I know, that's the thing. And he's saying, just making up for lost time, LOL, dude. Thank you, bro. But that's the uh, double-edged sword because the fan in me just wants to see the results, right? I want the result to change. I want to go from this team being a freaking doormat to being what it's always been for the majority of its existence in the AFC, which is one of the top teams, competitively relevant year in, year out. Uh, I want to see that result, Zach. And if Sean Payton thinks that it takes radio silence and battening down the hatches, so be it. But the uh, businessman in me, the professional in me hates it because we need those storylines to keep things rolling in the offseason here at MHH.
2: We didn't know how good we had it in the Elway period when he was GM because leaks were coming out left and right. And most of those leaks were from Elway himself through a mouthpiece. So um, since George Payton got here, it's been kind of a slow drip going back to Fort Knox, as F.A. put it. And then Sean Payton came in, decided, hey, listen, like he said, nothing in, nothing out. We're going to be completely to ourselves. We're going to be anonymous donors, as he put it. And I really like the approach. That's why he gets paid the big bucks, Sean Payton. And until otherwise, and Sean, we trust. (laughs) Indeed, Lawrence. Thank you, bro. Very sweet. He says this community makes it worth being here every
1: night. He uh oh my gosh. FA again, dude. F-A, man. Yo, bro. Thank you, man. Thank you, FA. He's like, "The hell you don't have enough time. We will keep you guys on longer." LOL. Hey. Hey. If he asks, so shall it be. We'll make it we'll make it so, FA. Uh keep it keep the topics coming and we will we'll linger as long as we can, big dog, because golly. Holy smokes. Yeah. Lady D. I mean, geez, Louise, it's a who's who of bona fide superstars tonight. Showing oh. out. Thank you, Deanna. Love you so much. She's saying evening all I'm super excited for the season to start. And I'm even looking forward to the meet and greet MHH for life because you're coming, right? You are officially coming, Deanna.
2: Get those flights booked now. Mm, cheaper. The sooner you do it, the cheaper those tickets will be. Can't wait to see you there, Deanna. Thank you so much, as always. You are uh, amazing, seriously. Love you. And seriously, like uh,
1: similar to uh, what I was saying about Mike Ronquillo, love all the support and the positivity and the engagement on Twitter. Really means a lot to us, Deanna. So thank you very, very much. Uh, Okay, so 50 minutes, we're okay. Uh, I want to grab this real quick from Todd, because he's so diligent. He's in the chat every night. He says, I also want to see what running back will stand out as a good third running back candidate. Who shall it be? So, it depends on your definition of good. To me, Zach, what I think here is, alright, if it's the third guy, what do we know about the first two guys? So, in this case, I am going to include Javante Williams into the equation, because I think he is going to be a part of this, even if it isn't as you know immediate the first quarter of the season, but what is Javante? He's a do-it-all back. He can do it all. What is Samaj P. Ryan? Same thing. Both those guys, even though they have slightly different style to them and slightly different body type, they are two guys that can do everything. Okay. So in that sense, the third guy, you got to look at it like this. Zach, Do you want it to be someone who can also do everything? You know, a master of all, so to speak? Or do you want it to be a guy that is change of pace, that when they go in, it's not a kind of, energy vibe stylistically it's different from the other two guys. So that's where you have to really prioritize what that even means.
2: Great point, because the top three running backs, Javante, Samaje, and Tony Jones, they're all kind of built the same. They're all big bruisers, not not a game breaker like a Chris Johnson, for example, let's say. They don't really have that. And who is that guy going to be? And you make a really good point there. Would you want to keep another of the same kind of running back? The problem with that is, for the most part, McLaughlin and uh, Jacques Patrick are of the bigger variety. So, Maybe Demary Crockett. He looked decent in preseason, Chad, as kind of a shiftier running back with speed. They do need that change of pace because no one in that room really has those wheels. Indeed. And you know what? One guy that might
1: be able to accommodate is Jaleel McLaughlin. When, I'm, when I talk about record setting, as Mike so helpfully uh, writes here, more than 8,000 rushing yards in college did this kid produce. So uh, do the math on that. But he's 5'7, what is he? 5'7, 185, something like that. So he is a smaller guy. You know, Philip Lindsey proved that more diminutive dudes can, if they have the right, you know, what's between the ears stuff, the right heart, the right vision, all that stuff, that they can hold up between the tackles in the league. I mean, Phil never, still to this day, never fumbled the ball in the NFL. Um, But it's the exception, not the rule. I think. Jalil Zach, if if he ends up finding a way to to stick to this this roster, it's going to be with explosive playmaking. He's got speed, he's got short area quickness. Um, I haven't watched any of his tape. I'm like, I shouldn't say any. I haven't watched like any game film where I'm like studying how he does. I'm, it's just a few highlights here and there from what I've seen. But it, he's a guy that might not have, say, you know, you think back to the Sean Payton stuff in New Orleans all those years, and I think back to Darren Sproles what he was able to do with Sean Payton. If he can become that good of a, of a receiver, we'll see. Man, there's room for that kind of a role on this offense. They don't really have that. I mean, Javante can catch the ball out of the backfield. Pirine can, but not a guy like Sproles who could catch the ball out of the backfield. Great vision, twitchy, freaking hard to tackle because you can't catch him. Uh, so we'll see if maybe Jalil can be that guy.
2: Yeah, I feel like I'm going to summon Vic Fangio for a second. So, you know, earmuffs if you have to. Remember when he said (laughs) tackle? Always gets me, man. Tackling was non-negotiable. That was one of his big deals and uh, how funny that turned out to be. I feel like for Sean Payton, what's non-negotiable for a running back, you have to be a good runner, obviously. You have to be a good pass catcher. You have to be good in blitz pickup or at least serviceable, and you have to contribute on special teams. So whatever of those players really stands out as a quote four-way guy will get the attention of Sean Payton. And that would be could be Jaleel McLaughlin. I think you're right about that. And that now also
1: I think answers Phil's question, which of these guys compares to Philip Lindsay? And I, I honestly don't say this just because of the relative size. I mean, Phil had Phil had about 10 pounds on him and an inch uh, in height, but it's probably Jaleel McLaughlin honestly, but it's not an apples-to-apples comparison because, again, Lindsey had all those, you know, wasn't a great catcher out of the backfield or whatever, but he could run. He was fast as hell, man. You give him daylight, dude, gone. Think of all those highlight plays, Zach. 2018, got him all the way to the Pro Bowl. Um, The problem was, in 2019 and beyond, the Broncos weren't able to create the kind of daylight that that he needed to to thrive in that sense, but if there is a guy that compares even on a, you know, if Lindsey's Coca Cola, their Diet Coke or Shasta Cola, uh, whatever. Maybe it's it's uh, Jalil.
2: And I I want to say really quickly uh, a player I brought him up, but he really gets no attention. I liked what I saw from him, and I think it was the season finale, chat of the second to last game. Tyler Beatty. Oh came yeah, out of nowhere. I think he was an undrafted rookie or something along those lines, and uh, he yeah. has been wiggled too. I think he had a twenty-four yard catch in one of those games, so don't count him out either. I'm looking up, uh, I'm reminding myself here about
1: 80. Is it Beatty or Batty? I don't don't know. But he's also smallish. You know, he's basically Philip Lindsay's size, Zach, 5'8, 194. Mm -hmm. Um, But yes, last year, single game that he exactly 24 yard catch, Uh, 24 yard catch and a score. So anyway, okay, back to the chat here. Um, Mr. Rouge 05 again, bro. Thank you. He wants to know: Is there any chance we invite punter? Uh, what's it, Matariza uh, to compete? The kid that was falsely accused of being involved in a um, sexual assault allegation that has since, you know, been vindicated. The Bills cut him loose just just at the um, allegation alone and now he's out there so this isn't the first time we've gotten this question thank you
2: mr rucho five appreciate you big dog i don't think so but what do you say that we covered this pretty extensively i hate to point to a previous podcast i can't remember which one but we did cover this topic uh pretty uh detailed great punter it's very unfortunate what happened to him because his professional career his life happened. i hate what happened to him so do i his life was forever changed by a false allegation. And uh, uh, the person who accused him is facing no penalty because of that. So that's a whole other story for a whole other podcast. I think he's playing in some developmental league. I th- Scott reminded me like Mexico or something like that. Hopefully he'll get a shot, but it, the PR blowback that a team, would get and I mentioned this earlier you can't get away with certain things in this generation this day and age social media would blow up if the Broncos would be the team to take a chance on Matt Ariza. and and beyond that they signed Riley Dixon they have their starting punter I don't think they're going to be in competition for another
1: well said uh thank you Mr. Roush uh F.A. dude holy wow. smokes incredible He's, man love you big dog he says what about Chase Edmonds or did he already sign he did yeah. He signed with the Bucks, so he's uh, he's out of reach. But Broncos were never that stoked on him. This, I mean, this regime. Obviously, George Payton was part of the deal that brought him here and everything, but for whatever reason, Sean Payton wasn't all that stoked enough to
2: try and do what it took to keep him around, so that's that. Because like I mentioned earlier, you have to be available. You have to be durable. You have to be reliable, and Chase Edmonds had a very long injury jacket I'm pretty sure he came to the Broncos and then got injured like most of formerly injured players do. So he he was a, a surprising a fan favorite in Broncos country. A lot of Broncos fans wanted him back, including F.A., but he is no longer on the open market. Yeah, we'll always kind of wonder what could have been with
1: him, but uh, we wish him the best in Tampa. Joins, obviously, another former Bronco there and Shaquille Barrett. So wish those guys the best. Uh, but we are about out of time, guys. Before we dip on out of here, though, we do have a few messages for you. So don't leave.
2: That was another outstanding episode of the MHH Podcast. If you're not following us on Twitter, be sure you're correcting that at the MHH Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle, Chad at Chad and Jensen, myself at Kelberman NFL, and Scott at Scout Kennedy. If you guys want some merch like Buckham with a B merch, Head on over to MHHMerch.com and check it out for yourself. A lot of cool things on there, I promise y'all. And if you haven't, go to Facebook.com slash Mile Pod. Be sure you're liking that page and following that page. If you're on IG, be sure to follow us at Mile underscore High underscore Huddle. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, make sure, make sure you're leaving your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some of that merch each and every single month. But if anything, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you.
1: Love it. Doug, Raquel jumping in uh, at the 11th hour. Love you. Good to see you, Doug. Thank you, big dog. Again, your cat looks like my cat, so we're friends now. Uh, We've always been friends. You know this, Doug. Good to see you. Guys, thank you for being here you know mhh we pride ourselves there's a, there's a lot of people in our in our market in our realm here um that do podcasts there's a lot of people in our realm covering the broncos that blog and tweet and all that stuff but one of the ways we try to separate ourselves uh and it's because of you guys is we literally podcast 7 days a week here all right and You know, there are others out there that will say they have a daily podcast, but even in the season, that means like three or four podcasts in a week. We do it every single day because we know you guys expect it. You want that. And so that's why we're here. And seriously, the the support we get from you, we say it, we say thank you, we show our appreciation, we tell you how much we love you. But I just want you to know those are not just words. That's how we feel, and it means everything to us, keeps us going, literally helps us keep the lights on. So thank you to everyone I'm about to mention here tonight who uh, threw down on YouTube, on Super Chat, and I'm going to start with the ladies. Michaela, the Lady D, love you guys. Thank you so much. Uh, Of course, F.A., going off tonight. So good to see you. So great to have your insight back in the chat, Big Dog. David McElrath. Mr. Roosh05. Roush, Roosh. I'm sorry, I'm not sure which one. But either way, however it's pronounced. Love you, Big Dog. Great to see you. Great to get to know you a little bit here tonight. Troy, uh, Gary, Sam Bam, Dave from Georgia, uh, Brent P. Bro, love you, Big Dog. Um, make sure I'm not missing anybody on, on YouTube. Love you guys. On Facebook, Howie freaking Dave big boy stars. Mike Ronquillo, big boy stars. Phil McLaughlin as well. Lawrence Rivera as well. George Fox, Keith Brugman. So when I say much love and respect, I mean that. I hope you guys know it. If if I was in person with you right now, I'd shake your hand.
2: I'd give you a bro hug right now. Thank you very much. Love you guys. We'll see you tomorrow night. Have a great rest of your weekend. Great start to your week. We'll see you tomorrow. Take care. And as always, go Broncos.
0: Head on over to milehighhuddle.com for all things Broncos.